0: On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show. Fierce Rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. It is a Wednesday afternoon, the 2nd of August, 2023. And of course, Fierce Rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. Jared Walsh, Dan Menzel in Studio Lumo, round
1: 15. Welcome, Menz. How are you? Hey, how'd you go on the weekend? Uh I'm good, Walsh. Thanks. Thanks for the intro. And uh yeah, I went okay. We we unfortunately lost to Kybe Bylight. Uh Kybe Bylight. So okay. that's Lockie Neil's uh home oh, class. Yes. Yep. Um so it's a, a decent trek down there. But um, yeah, no, it was good fun on the weekend. We went down just by a goal. Um But uh, yeah, no, it was okay. I got on the end of a few, which was good. You're too humble. Just tell me what happened. How many goals did you kick? Eight. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? Yeah, we. (laughs) Um, Look at you being all low key, but you kicked eight goals. Yeah, it uh, it was good fun. Like, we. Those games you can but get. But you lost. So yeah, that's, that's can, the main thing. Yeah. The thing is, you can get a run on pretty quickly in those games. So we'd only kick two goals as a team to half time mm. and had to change a few things up. And then um, we're down by about 40 points in the last quarter and Gosh. just went for it, played a little. And it was almost like Collingwood does just launch and go and see what happens. And we managed to kick a few. And uh, it made it a good game in the end. So it's it still a very enjoyable game. So you're three games in now to your country footy
0: career. Have you kind of refound your love and purpose again? Because this is the thing that. We were speaking about when you announced your retirement from the Sandfall and you left Woodville West Torrens, that it's a good opportunity to meet some new guys, um, and almost kind of reconnect to football where probably don't have to play as much in your head as you do uh, with your body.
1: 100%. I think, um, it's nice to go down there and just play footy and and enjoy footy and, and play with teammates that, yeah, it's not as serious. The politics are taken out of it, uh, and it has been. A, it's been an enjoyable three weeks. It's, the results haven't gone the way that I would have loved. I would have loved three from three. But it's, um, it's been just nice to get back and just enjoy footy like you do when you're a kid, which unfortunately, it's a great thing about AFL and Sample is it's so professional at such a high level. But at the same time, there's a lot of other negatives that come with that. And it's nice to just be, be like a kid again and just play.
0: And goal celebrations, did you do any particular celebrations or just a bit of a flex because you've got some nice biceps?
1: Uh, I kept a lid on it because we were still behind. Mm. So um, I was wary that the crowd was right there and let's not get carried away when we're still 25 points down on the scoreboard. So uh, if we had hit the front, maybe I might have had something. But um, back at home this week against the top team, so maybe I'll think of something for Any you. sledges? Uh just your standard just your standard sledges um, okay. no they actually they were really good they they chatted to me about a lot of different things um, it, that's what's also pretty cool about it is you kick a goal on your opponent and he just starts chatting to you about farming or about the weather or about something else <laughs> like this have you is, played on any kids yet uh, yeah i mean i, I ha- probably not as such 18 19 year olds yeah. but um look, I have had a few opponents and different the, the opponents. The reason
0: I ask is because you're a leader, like, and, and one of the things that I've loved over the years, and, and watching Sandful and watching a little bit of AFL, is that sometimes when these senior players play on young players, they always coach them a little bit as well and like say, hey, make sure you do this or try this, because everyone's playing footy, so they do it for the love, so I'm sure that you'd actually thrive in that.
1: <laughs> it's, it's one that I did when I was playing reserves footy this year, big time, and I'd speak my opponent about it and just talk about um, the craft around it, but I probably haven't done it as such down there yet because I don't want, I probably have thought if I go down there and I start going, hey, you should run this and they'll be like, who does this guy think he is? Yeah, why are you coaching the other team? Who does this guy think he is coming down
0: here telling us how to play? Yes, all right. now speaking of coaches, it was yesterday when we heard the news that Jade Sheedy is going to be parting ways with your former club Woodville West Tones. we'll talk about that a little bit later on, I think he's going to be on with Kimbo and the Rootshaar later on this afternoon as well, but let's reflect on a big round 15 in the Host Plus Sandfall League fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandfall League. Here's our Week in Review. Writing your performance review. It says more about me than you. It's morally defeating and often misleading. But this is the best we can do. So here we go. What do you got for us,
1: men's? Yeah, look, it was uh, another really interesting round. round 15 of the Sample League. Uh, we'll start with the Eagles taking on Sturt. And uh, the double blues just... Uh, it was only a 15-point win, but the scoreboard probably didn't quite show how dominant the double blues were. 10 goals, 15, they kicked to 9 goals, 6 to the Eagles. So they're starting to show this year that they win games at a close games. the double blues, which is a sign of a good side. So they will be very pleased with where they're at at the moment, 12 and 3 on the table Hey, the showdown, the sample showdown, and probably the AFL showdown didn't go the way we expected it to. And uh, Port Adelaide, disappointing result against probably the best team in the competition right now.
0: Do you think that that game uh, was a reflection of how poor Port Adelaide were or how good Adelaide are? Because I I feel men's – this is the first time in a very long time that we can probably say there are three standouts – in the host plus Sandful league, and the rest have the potential to just make up the numbers?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good point. It's a great question whether Port was so bad or Adelaide was so good. I think it's the latter. I think Adelaide was so good and mm-hmm. have been so good. The thing that has impressed me is, again, Port's been in some sensational form. They'd won four in a row before this game. So it's not like they were scrapping and they were poor coming in. The Adelaide Crows form in the sample has been incredible because we've mentioned the likes of Crouch, of Haitley, of Schoenberg, of Cook. Now they've got a couple back this week, have gone in and out of the team up to the AFL side. No matter who they bring in, they are playing at such a high level and whether that be their top ups or their class from the AFL, They are playing some incredible footy at the moment and uh, we'll get to the power rankings later on, but they have been the number one seed for a number of weeks now.
0: Port Adelaide should be a little bit nervous, I reckon, because their depth is being tested in the AFL team and as there's only a handful of sandfall games left, they're only one game inside the top five with Jacob Surgeons North Adelaide sitting sixth at the moment. So I I feel that this is going to be um, a really important stage for... Port Adelaide and Adelaide, where both AFL teams can still make finals, so they want to put their best teams on the park.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. We talked about Central's and North Adelaide fighting out for that fifth position, but with this result, Port Adelaide's next three weeks, they'll be nervous about this. They take on Glenelg this week, uh, in the coming week, then they play South Adelaide away, and then they play Central's Mm. away the last game of the year. Now, that could be a knockout game to see who makes the finals. They have percentage on their side, so if you're a Port Adelaide sample fan, I reckon if you win one of your last three you'll make it, but they are three reasonably tough games.
0: We also saw on the weekend Westies going down to South, so for the first time, we can say Norwood are off the bottom of the ladder. It's not good for Adam Hartlett's team, West Adelaide.
1: No, it's not, and they were poor in this game. They haven't been poor in many games at all this season. They've had a really good year where they've competed in in nearly every single game but South Adelaide were far too good in this one. It was 19 scoring shots to seven. So, again, the 22-point margin probably doesn't quite reveal the domination that South had down at Flinders University Stadium. So, a good win for South, but, yeah, disappointing for West Adelaide.
0: Big scalp for the Redlegs to take the Doggies too, who, as I mentioned, are sitting in fifth position at the moment, but they're equal points with North, so a game that they would have expected to win.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I called this game for SENSA on Sunday, and uh, Norwood was the far better team in this Mm. game. Central's kicked a couple of late goals to make it really interesting. But uh, Norwood were very good and they showed some of their form from last season. It's a tale of two stories here. One for Norwood, it's what could have been if they had have snuck together a few more wins and pushed up the table. But for Central's, one win away from home this season, it was against West Adelaide, Again, their away form is concerning and uh, it could cost them a final spot. And
0: the Bays just keep on doing what the Bays do,
1: and that's winning. They do. They uh, never. Planet Prospect's never an easy task, and to. play there and play as well as they did to win by five goals against a North Adelaide team that is getting better and getting players back. It's a really, a really positive win for the base.
0: Very nice, comprehensive wrap. So as we always do, we'll get into your power rankings a little bit later on. There's no matches this weekend. So we will review the latter and have a look at the run home. We're also going to be joined by Sam Skinner from South Adelaide. And very soon, uh, the Sandful Footy Ops boss in Sean Toohey. But first, let's find out what you like from the weekend, Dan Dan Menzel.
1: What I liked was Josh Hone's game against the Eagles. Now, he's taking his game to another level this season. And a big it's a big reason why Sturt has improved offensively so, so much this year. He kicked three goals five on the weekend. Mm. He could have kicked eight. He had five tackles, but 23 touches for a small forward is an outstanding game. So 23 touches, eight shots at goal, and five tackles. It's one of the more dominant performances we've seen so far this season. Good balance of positive and now the not so positive. Speaking of bad, this is one of the worst ones of the year. Port Adelaide sample team at three quarter time. I don't know if you're aware what the score was. I'm aware of it. But they at three quarter time had kicked zero goals, 12. Mm. That is stinky. That is bad. Uh, that's poor kicking. It's it's they they had five less scoring shots at goal at that stage. However, they were down by sixty five points, and uh, they kicked a couple in the last quarter. But 0-12 at three quarter time, that's uh, not not pretty.
0: Not pretty at all. What's also not pretty is this time of year because we have some retirements, we have some uh, farewells, and before we take our first break on the Sandful Show, uh, fierce rivalries, and nothing beats the host plus Sandful League men's Jade Sheedy, your former coach, the first coach of Woodville West Torrance to go back to back. He also was a premiership player for the double blues McGarry medalist. Jay Cheedy is going to be moving on um, and will coach out the rest of the season for the Eagles. Were you surprised by that news and the fact that it came out this week?
1: Um, I probably wasn't surprised if I'm honest, but um, look, a couple of premierships in his first couple of years was sensational. A couple of seasons there and, uh, it's one that the decision's now been made three weeks out from the end of the season. I think it's a good thing for the footy club moving forward because they can make some decisions around playing list, around uh, the football staff and give a bit of clarity to the playing group moving mm-hmm. forward. And with a powerful club like the Eagles, they'll be able to launch back next year and, uh, and we'll get back to winning ways pretty quickly.
0: Two more questions before we wrap up this chat about it. Um, The, the year that you won the flag, can you just talk about his, his influence and impact on the playing group and how positive that was? I, I remember speaking to you, I spoke to Troy on Adelaide Oval at the end of that game, and I could just see the elation that you boys both have, and you'll, you'll be a premiership player for life now to do that alongside your brother, and, and Sheeds and Woodville West Tines gave you that opportunity to play.
1: Yeah, they did, and and Sheeds obviously led that, which was uh, an incredible year for myself and my brother, and obviously for the Eagles, an incredible couple of years to go back-to-back, and uh, look, he implement, implemented a really good game plan um, with a really good list that then performed at a high level. And um, it is hard to stay at that level and you 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 lose a few players and, and things change. And they certainly did at the club. But um, those couple of seasons for Eagles fans and for the players uh, will be cherished forever.
0: Okay. So I have to ask you this question and it's a strange one, but the Eagles will find a new coach and they will coach in 2024. Yes. Now, this coach might come in and go, We actually want Dan Menzel part of this <laughs> setup. We want him part of the team because keeping in mind it was only a few weeks ago that Woodville West Torrens were a really good chance of, of making the finals and mathematically possible you still could potentially make finals right now. So if the new coach takes you over in pre season and says, Menz, I want you to unretire, is that something that you would even
1: consider? Um,. You consider all options, I okay. think is the, is the way I would look at things. But, uh, again, I find it weird, the retirement thing, because I, I'm still playing at the moment. Mm. I don't feel like I've retired, but, um, that was the decision made and, um, and it just put me in, in a tricky position. But, uh, look, I'll look at everything. I'm pretty excited about what my next chapter is, um, but uh, yeah, look, it's been a bit of a whirlwind six weeks, probably for the Eagles footy club and how things have been handled and the way things have gone. But I think now it's in a good position where there's clarity moving forward, which is important because when you don't have that, that's when there's some tricky situations.
0: I don't like being that guy. I love you. And I don't like every week having to ask these awkward questions because I just want to talk about sandful footy and celebrate stuff with you. But Here you are. It's like I'm doing 60 minutes with you, which is brilliant. So (laughs) um, thank you for being so honest. We are going to move forward. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sanford League. As we mentioned, Sam Skinner from South Adelaide is going to join us a little bit later on. And I'm looking forward to speaking with Sam Skinner because he uh, was delisted twice. As an AFL footballer, so he spent um, a, a fair bit of time playing up in Queensland where he played for the Brisbane Lions and then he was signed to Port Adelaide in 2022 as a delisted free agent and then was delisted again. Um, a double D listing would always be pretty challenging, so to speak. How he's going mentally, that would be tough. And you've experienced similar?
1: Yeah, not just that. Three ACLs as well. Yeah. So ACL injuries there for Sam Skinner. So for someone so big as well to be able to get his body back to a level where he's able to play at the highest level is ultra impressive. And, a, and it really does speak about his character.
0: It's only 26 too. So he's been through a lot in his football journey already at 26 years of age. And next we are going to speak to the boss of the Sandford Footy Ops, Sean Toohey. We are in Studio Lumo on The Sandful Show on SEN. On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. Sandful taking a bit of a breather this weekend, which is great because it's been uh, chaotic 2023 season. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandford League. Jared Walsh and Dan Menzel in Studio Lumo here on SENSA. Sam Skinner from South Adelaide, not too far away. And then we will head into your power rankings, men's, and uh, have a look at the run home for all of the teams because finals still alive for the majority of them. We thought it was a great opportunity to speak to the boss of Sandful Footy Op, Sean Tui, on the Sandful Show. Hello to you, Sean. As we mentioned, it's been a pretty chaotic year, which I'm sure you guys all love.
2: Yeah, hey guys, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, chaos, I suppose, is, is a good way of putting it. There's plenty been happening with, with I suppose, our reigning premiers having a really slow start to the year then getting on a bit of a roll in the middle part of the year. And um, the Crows continuing on their merry way. Glenelg have been an unbelievable stir. You know, those three have cemented their spot in the finals. Um, you know, we've had a bit going on with coaching in, in the last couple of days as well. And so... It's all happening and um, you know it all sort of points towards a really exciting finish to the season in our Host Plus uh, League final series.
1: There is plenty happening, Sean. You're spot on. I'm not actually sure where to start with you with so <laughs> much happening. But let's. you mentioned Adelaide's uh, form and let's start with this. Adelaide and Port Adelaide both currently in the top five. We potentially could have a sample showdown in the finals. How would that look for the sample?
2: Oh, look, they're two really strong competitive teams within our ten team competition. So um I think it looked as good as a you know, probably not as traditional as a, a Sturt Glenelg final, but um those teams have proven themselves this year to be to be really strong competitors in the competition and have earned their spot at this stage in the five, you know, the Crows in that top three and, and Port sort of I think hanging on to to about fourth at the moment. So um I think it'd be really exciting for the competition. You'd see some, some great players on show. And, um, and, and I think it, I think we've spoken about this before, Dan. It, it lifts our, you know, our state league players to another level when they come up against our list of players. And I think that's a really
1: good thing. So we have. And so to all the Sample fans out there that don't love seeing Adelaide and Port Adelaide having such good success in the Sample, uh, you're, ter- you're telling them, Shawnee, that it'd be a good thing.
2: Well, it's, it's just reality, isn't it? Yeah. They're, they're there are two or ten teams in our competition. I would hope that you know. Whilst I appreciate that, I think the vocal minority don't don't love it. Um, I would hope that they've become used to it now, and and I could at least appreciate that. Uh, I think it does lift you know our state league players to another level, and they really do enjoy the challenge we've come up against quality AFL with the
0: players. What we've loved every week coming into uh, Studio Lumo here on SENSA Sean is um, how unpredictable the season has been. I mean, we're celebrating the fact that Norwood have um, moved from the, the bottom of the table this year, the reigning premiers, but it was only a couple of weeks ago they were in the hunt for the finals. So an even competition with high quality football, with fans turning out to support local football after um, a challenging few years, you can see that positive growth in the local competition, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, we definitely can, and I think you know, I think it's probably evidence in our, our crowd numbers this year really spiking again, back up from you know last year was a bit of a dip, and that was there was a number of factors towards that. You know, reality um, you know was there were still COVID impacts at the start of last season. We had a really wet and cold season, unfortunately, which is circumstantial. But I think our crowds are averaging about 300 more than last year this, this time last year, which I think is a great achievement. You know, 300. Per week on every or per game on average is a lot of people over a season, so uh, we're really proud of that. Our, you know, our events team has done a and marketing team has done a power of work promoting the competition. The clubs do a power of work with it. You know, our players get behind it as well, and um, you know we're really proud of where the comp is at and where it's going. And uh, hopefully we get some days like today's looking and you know beautiful sunny weather, and uh, that that leads into finals, and we get. The crowds continue to come and there's some great footy ahead of us.
1: So, Shawnee, a couple of questions about fixturing and scheduling. Uh, Looking at finals this year, all games are scheduled, uh, as traditionally, on the Sundays, uh, every Sunday throughout September. Was that uh, locked in? We had a Friday night prelim final, I believe it was, or Saturday night, a couple of years ago. Was there any talk of uh, changing it up at all? Well, it's
2: really, again, it's, it's... the circumstances of of AFL fixturing in our broadcast schedule with Channel 7 that dictate that we we really do have to play on the Sundays with the current structure of our final series. Um, We want to make sure that, you know, we're getting our our game on Channel 7 and and to as many viewers as possible for those that can't make it to the game in our regional areas and even in the state on 7+. Plus. So, yes, I think the AFL finals really preclude us from, from playing those Friday nights and Saturdays. Um, the opportunity a couple of years ago was was um, with was there when there was no AFL on a Friday night, so we played a Friday night freely. Yeah, you're right, which is great, but um, it does sort of play around with little, um, I suppose, the turnaround for for games for backing up. I think I think South had to back up for, for a six day break compared to compared to a bigger break for their opposition. So it creates a little bit of inequity, but um, you know, not a major thing. But you know, we'll take those opportunities when they come. But at the moment, we're we're stuck with the Sundays and um, you know we, just, we can get that on our main Channel 7 uh, broadcast and some clear air from the
1: AFL. And so just one other one with scheduling and fixturing. Uh, this time of year, obviously, the middle of winter, the Ovals take a fair battering and, and we see some really challenging decks that the players have to play on. Is there any, a lot of players have spoke with me about this, is there any um, possibility that you'd look at or clubs would look at using an alternative ground, like a Theberton Oval that the Sample's got, rather than playing at home if the deck is in such a bad condition? Look,
2: it's not something that we've discussed directly. What, I, I guess you know, if you look at um, Wigan Oval, at Home Ground, for example, you know, that's, that's obviously had some challenges recently due to, due to some wet weather and, you know, that ground will, will be resurfaced and some drainage installed at the end of this year. But we've actually moved, you know, juniors in reserves games off that ground to, to in, ensure we can play league football there, which happened on the weekend and, and the previous two weeks they've moved a lot of their trainings away. Um, Febbett and Oval has had quite a bit of usages itself and has been holding a bit of water, so that's also something to consider and probably wasn't looking great after triple headed there last week in the rain. Um, so whilst it's definitely not out of the question and, and it's something we've considered, it's not something we've had to resort to yet. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't say we haven't come close to it, but...
0: Sean, before we let you go, is the reason for the the buy this weekend? I mean, it's great because it gives the players a, a bit of a freshen up with a few rounds to go, but it is to get back into sync with the the AFL program and how the finals are going to look.
2: Yeah, it's just it's just uh, the structure of our season we, when we look to start our seasons um, every year and when we have to finish it, we have to just get a certain amount of buys in gather through an extra one so it's this year, but I think this one just gives the clubs and all players a little chance to reset before reloading into the last part of the year and in the finals. So um, yeah, that's why it's come about. Nothing nothing too strategic other than just timing.
0: Awesome. I want you to do us a favour before you say goodbye. And that is touch on the departure of Liz Potter from the Sandful, who for me has been uh, so incredible when it comes to a match day, especially throughout the finals, McGarry medal and all Sandful events. She was um, instrumental in the creation of the game day experience for the Sandful W Grand Final. And we, we know that she's moved on to a, another place of employment, but um, her legacy is going to be incredible at Sandful, right?
2: Oh, 100%. Well, she, um, you know, you've worked very closely with her and uh, as have I, you know, in, in a number of events and particularly cross finals and this time of year is where she comes into her own, coming into finals and the Dairy Medal and event season. Um, I'm I'm really not sure what we're going to do without her, to be honest, but um, she's done about a 70-page handover, so she's made sure that uh, we've got all the information we need to, to get the job done. But just, you know, someone who's been as a, as part of sample for 17 years, you know, they they're really irreplaceable and, um, you know, she's part of the fabric here and um, we'll definitely miss her. And, you know, it was a bit of an emotional farewell on Friday, but um, I think, you know, shes it's a brave move from her to, to go and try something new and, and you know, the new organisation where she'll be working. are very lucky to have her and I'm sure she'll be no stranger to Sample football, but um, we wish her all the best.
0: Nah, beautiful words. Sean tilly, thanks so much for joining us on The Sample Show, mate. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Uh, Thanks, Johnny. The, the thing about Liz, I'm not sure if you've met her before, but when you think about a, a Sanford Grand Final in the final series, what she managed to be able to do throughout uh, logistical nightmares, managing broadcast, making sure players were running through the banners on time, making sure the anthem singers were ready to go. That's just a kind of scratching the surface. It's it's people like her, and there's a reason she'd stayed in that business for 17 years. She's incredible. So um, she gets to watch the Sandfall Grand uh, Grand Final this year as a fan.
1: Yeah, a bit more relaxed, which is good. But, yeah, she obviously wears multiple hats, as Shawnee does too. They they do a terrific job because... Uh, it's, there's a lot of different things that go on around the league and they've got to deal with grassroots, but also the AFL. Mm-hmm. So the logistics around all of that is incredible and, and they do a fantastic job.
0: Fierce Rivalries, nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League on this Wednesday afternoon. Next, we will head to Panther Park and speak to Sam Skinner from South Adelaide. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Standful League. Massive show so far too. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the Host Plus Sanford League. Uh, after a big round 15, Dan Mental, who is joining myself, Jared Walsh, in Studio Lumo here on SENSA South Adelaide, had a rare win, and they should celebrate it because it was a good win against Westies over the weekend, and we are lucky to be joined by one of their key players, Sam Skinner. Sam, thanks for joining us. It's uh, always good to celebrate a win. Thanks, Jared and Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Good win on the weekend um,
3: after probably not as many as we would have liked this year.
1: Yeah, so Sammy, let's just touch on that. Uh, So as you mentioned there, probably not as many as you would have liked and and South fans would have expected this season. Five wins, ten losses. I guess the breakdown in form and consistency this year, what's sort of been the messaging at the club?
3: Yeah, it has been a bit of a difficult year, Dan. um, We've had like you said, like a, a lack of consistency, a little bit with our form throughout the year. Um, and our messaging has, has stayed relatively similar. Like we're, we're just focusing on continued improvement um, as a group. And like over the last couple of years, it's been a massive list change. So just trying to get everyone really familiar with the game plan um, is, is a massive part of that. And then also just coming together as a group and, and learning to play with each other and, and play well.
1: So just on that, you mentioned the, the growths and uh, they might not be as obvious at the moment to everyone across the sample, but a couple of guys I did want to touch on with you is Mitch O'Neill. He's still only 22 years of age. And Ollie Davis, is only 21, are both having really good years. So in terms of the South Adelaide midfield moving forward, there's some really positive signs.
3: Yeah, that's right. And um, like you look at um, those fellas being so young. We've also had um, a few of the other younger boys like Sid, And Dylan have come in. Um, They've also played a couple of games. And aside from that, like we've changed a lot um, since my first year at the Panthers a couple of years ago, where we had a lot more mature and experienced blokes. And now we've got um, guys like um, Ollie Davis and uh, Mitch O'Neill coming through. Um, It's really exciting, and it takes a bit of time too. Like those those boys are still learning, Um, and that's main thing that we've been focusing on this year is just learning and continued improvement. So. Yeah, to see their form has been really exciting and we're looking forward to what we can bring in the next two years.
0: Sam, can we talk about your journey for a, a little moment? Your personal story is a remarkable one and resilience is something which is a, probably the definition of your football journey, the definition of it. 26 years of age and you've been at a couple of AFL clubs and had some big injury setbacks. Um, how do you reflect on your career to date so far?
3: Yeah, today I I look back now and um I'm a lot more content than probably when I finished at Brisbane. Um I went up once I finished at Brisbane Lions after five years there and three knee recos, I was um a little bit disappointed with how it had gone. Um but then after having a year in the sample and then also a year at Port Adelaide, I look back now and I'm really grateful for the time that I did have and um and the people that I met and, and all that sort of thing and uh, like to be honest I can't really change anything that happened, but um, going through that adversity has definitely helped me a lot more with things outside of football.
1: Absolutely, it has, and the way you've handled yourself through that, mate, has been incredible. I want to ask you about your game and your best position. You you played mainly as a forward when you are at Brisbane and then at Port Adelaide down back. Uh, You've even spent a little bit of time forward this year at South Adelaide. What comes more natural to you as a defender or up forward?
3: Um, I think definitely defence. Um, comes more naturally to me, which is something I've learned over the last few years. Um, I think my, one of my strengths is being able to read the play. So being able to do that as a defender um, has made it a little bit easier for me Over like down in defence. I feel, feel like as a forward, and you know this, Dan, you have to be a little bit nifty and quick on your feet um, and able to, I don't know, like hope that the guys on the ground can get the ball to you pretty well. I just probably don't have that as naturally as I do A defender, so I've really enjoyed playing down back um, again this year and getting a bit of continuity and playing with blokes like Clav and and Samo too, starting to work a little bit better together towards the end of the year.
1: So as one of the premier defenders in the Sample, um, I want to know who you see as the best forwards in the competition. Who are the hardest matchups? There's a team at the top that's got a few nice ones, but is there any players that stand out to you that are the best forwards in the competition?
3: Um, I always say this, but I feel like Liam McBean would be one of the hardest matchups, just with his height and his strength. Um, and despite that, he's he's really quite quick um, as well. So he'd definitely be one. But like the sample is pretty well spread. Like there's a lot of good forwards. Um, I'd probably, to be honest, say yourself too, Dan, be a tough one to match up on for me, just with your your speed and your footy smart. All right, too, calm so. down, Sam. This isn't a love fest for Dan Menzies. Yeah, right? Sammy. <laughs> But no, they're, they're the hardest forwards to play on, is, is the ones that are very smart and quick um, and can kick them from anywhere too. Um, so, yeah, probably probably you, two, you guys and then also even Connor Ballenden, um, when he's up and firing, he's, he's a good forward and stuff to play on as well.
1: Oh, I'll love that. Okay, now
0: let's start talking about football. You've got the weekend off because there's no footy. Um are you going to be fishing? Are you going to be playing your acoustic guitar and writing music? We need to talk about your focuses away from football. So let's let's start with the fishing. How often do you like to get out and catch fish and where do you go?
3: Well, I love fishing, but down here in SA, there's not actually as much fishing available as it, as what there is in Queensland. Um Believe it or not, (laughs) the snapper band sort of throws that out, but I wouldn't mind going for a bit of a trout fish. I might be heading out Saturday morning um, with a a mate from down here because I don't know too many spots around here, but a bit of that. And then also um, my partner and I just bought a house down in Hallett Cove, so we're currently doing a bit of renos and doing some painting, so I'll be probably painting a fair bit of walls on the weekend, I think. Yeah, have got a bit of time.
0: And then if you're just sitting around the bonfire cooking the fish that you caught, you pull out the acoustic guitar. So tell us about this, because I've seen some of your videos on social media. Um, uh, are you self-taught when it comes to playing the guitar, Sam?
3: Um, I did get a few lessons when I was younger, but from then I've just sort of, yeah, learned the songs that I like. And um, I mainly know chords. Like I'm, I'm not, not too special on the guitar, but do mind getting it out. Every now and then, and not really in front of other people though, especially around the campfire, because you end up being that guy that brings his guitar at every <laughs> every time out the campfire, and that's not me. So, what's you go to um, then? Yeah, who, who do
0: you like listening to, and who do you like playing when it comes to your favourite artists?
3: Um, Luminaires, uh, oh, probably yes. favourite to play. Lumineers and Vance Joy are yep. um, some some good ones, but also I'm into a bit of different music at the moment, like Cosmic Crooner is an interesting one that uh, a guy that I'm listening to at the moment that I really like and and even a bit more up and about stuff from the jungle giants and that sort of thing so I'm sort of
0: spread all over the over the place when it comes to music lumineers are very good they got a song called ho hey mm. and uh, men's that's what i sang to you when i wanted you to come on to the <laughs> the sample show that i belong with you and you belong with me my sweetheart Great song. and here you are and then you did it well too then i retired you so there you go um sam mate thanks so much for taking the time to have a chat to us and um i, I know that you know the the story of dan menzel and i i love speaking to men's about his resilience and journey through football and what we love about you is that being able to reflect and having gratitude and a, a, a bit of understanding of the path of wherever you are going and the lessons that you learn. So you're you're a credit to yourself, mate, and it's great to speak with you.
3: No, thanks, fellas. Appreciate you having me. Cheers. means are you good thanks, on Sammy.
1: the uh, guitar? No, Sammy would have me covered by mile. When it comes to any musical intr- yeah. instrument, I wish I uh, learnt one in school. I yeah. wish I did music. Like, it just... I don't know why I didn't, to be honest, but it would have been good yourself.
0: I could play the recorder. Um, Ode to Joy was a song that I could play. Um, I did have an acoustic guitar until my daughter broke it, and it was signed by Newton Faulkner, Ooh. and I love Newton Faulkner. Ooh. Newton Faulkner was Ed Sheeran before Ed yeah, Sheeran because yep. he had the loop pedal, and then Ed Sheeran's like, oh, look, I can press a button on a loop pedal and just play a couple of songs and then sell out 100,000 people at the MCG.
1: Is that why you haven't seen your kids in a couple of weeks? Yep. Fierce rivalries
0: like me and my family Um, Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League It is Dan Menzel's Power Rankings next On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League It's been a massive show today on the Sandful Show in studio, Lumo, on SENSA, Fist Rivalries, nothing beats the host plus Sam League, Jared Walsh, Dan Menzel here. You just missed Sam Skinner, who basically said that Dan Menzel is his favourite player, which is awesome, and you didn't shut him down very quickly there, Menz.
1: Um, no, we've we've got a good relationship, Sammy, and unfortunately, too many ACLs between us, so we so did you, know each did other. did you
0: speak with him about his recovery
1: and stuff? Yeah, when he was at Brisbane. Yeah. yeah so yeah, he
0: just reach out? You never met him before? He just got in touch?
1: Uh, no, I think I reached out to him. Yeah, great. Um, and then, because you just have that same, unfortunately, you go through the same experience and so you can relate in that way. And uh, and then, yeah, we just happen to have played against each other since in a couple of different competitions and, and have known each other since then. You
0: are a very good man. We also have spoken to Sean Tui, who is the boss of Sandful Footy Ops. We don't have long, so let's get into the power rankings. <laughs> Uh, So, men's last week, basically, no one moved. So, hopefully, we've got some movement this week.
1: We do have some movement this week. Uh, It's not our biggest moving rankings, but at number 10, it is West Adelaide. They have not moved. So, it's probably their first game this year where I'd say they were really disappointing. But I think you have to look at the positives, and the improvement on last year is massive. Oh, my goodness.
0: Number nine is also a mover.
1: Yeah, number nine is the Eagles down one. Now, they played some decent footy for three quarters, but then in the last, they conceded 21 to one inside 50s. Mm. So realistically, the margin... Could have been a lot bigger and should have been. At number eight on your power rankings? Yeah, I've had to move South Adelaide up a spot because their first win at home after four losses and some poor footy at Flinders Uni showed what they can really do when they are on. They, They play really well on the weekend and that's why they've moved up to number eight. Haven't mentioned Norwood yet. They are number seven. So they just held on against the Dogs, but were the far better team on the day. They've showed that their best can match it against the better teams in this competition. And uh, they can certainly do some damage in the last three weeks.
0: Before we get into the top five,
1: who's sitting at number six on your power rankings? At number six at centrals, I, I kept them above Nord because they are a few games ahead. But their away record is now one and six. It's not pretty. If they can make finals, then it'll be a successful year, but... I'm not sure they'll push the top four. At number five on your power rankings, Dan Menzel? At number five, it was it is North Adelaide. They were outclassed by Glenelg, uh, but they showed some signs of their form from last season. Still a lot of work to do, but if they make finals, you never know. Okay, so we're left with four teams now. I have a feeling who's going to be in the top three, but who's four? Yeah, Port Adelaide's moved down a spot to number four. As mentioned earlier, they were zero goals, 12 at three-quarter time. They've been very good, but the Adelaide Crows are on another level right now. Who you got now. at number three? Number three, it is Sturt. They've moved up a spot. Yes. They're not in the best two sides at the moment, but they are around the mark, and they'll just need a peak in finals time. We are left with Adelaide and Glenelg. What order have you got them in? Glenelg is number two. They stay at number two. An impressive win at Prospect, which is never easy. Uh, right now, 1v2 in a grand final would be great viewing. Tell us about Adelaide. They have an interesting few weeks coming up. They do. Uh, they are number one, but for mine, it. it Doesn't seem to matter what personnel is on the park at the moment. They have guys standing up, whether they are their AFL-listed or top-ups. Four wins on the trot. They are playing as good a footy as anyone at the moment. So
0: before we wrap up, and instead of going into all the individual games, what I want you to do, men's, with a few games left, is tell me the team that you think might drop out of the five and might sneak in and who your premiership favourite is right now
1: uh my okay let's start with the premiership favourite because i think that's a touch easier i'm going to go Glenelg, mm. uh not the adelaide crows if you see the crows afl team they've lost jordan butts now as yep. well as Murray. so borlas shows will
0: be back and forth and you yep. think the same as look matt
1: crouch you would think he'll stay in the afl side for the rest of the season he's not coming out the team so yeah. so it means they're probably going to lose him which means With a cohesion, I think Glenelg is definitely the Premiership favourite, and in terms of the top five, uh, it is going to be very close. It's going to come down to the last game, which is Central's taking on Port Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, I think what's going to happen in that game is Central's are going to probably need a beat Port Adelaide by eight or nine goals to get into the finals. That is what I'm going to build up. So let's see if that happens. So you think North then will sit in that top five? I think North Adelaide will win their next two games. They play the Eagles and they play Central's at home. I think they'll win them both and they'll they'll consolidate that position. Mm and then it'll be between Port and Centrals for that fifth position. Oh, my goodness. Well, Incredible.
0: everybody needs a breather this weekend, including me, because I've got no voice left because I've been talking for the past four weeks, which is okay. It's always great speaking with you, Dan Menzel. Fierce Rivalries, nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. Uh, enjoy the breather, and Menzel, we'll catch you next week.
1: Catch you next week.